Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast live. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you. If you're watching live on the video, that was a new open. Caught, caught me off guard on a couple times there. Those are some funny clips. Uh, good work by, by Luke on that. Music was questionable, I think. Glad to be here. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. I'm coming off my, my first fantasy football draft big weekend. So you see these two rings in front of me here in the studio. Those are from fantasy championships that I've, I've, I'm now beginning my 18th year with my high school friends. And so we, uh, man, we've been playing a long time, had a big, fun weekend, played golf, and drafted for eight hours. Eight hours we drafted. It was fantastic. And so glad to be here on this Monday as the Olympics continue as NBA free agency begins tonight and NFL training camps starting around the country. We have the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies going on this weekend. We get a double dose because we missed last year. I'm a big Hall of Fame guy. I love listening to the speeches. Uh, A friend of mine, Donnie Schell, is going into the Hall of Fame, so I'm I'm thrilled for him, Uh, excited to to hear his speech. And and so uh, it's it's a big week. And as you might know, if you listen to this show loyally, my wife and I are due any moment, any day. We got the phone on. Uh, so I was able to have a, a big fantasy weekend. I was still in Charlotte, and, and so thankfully made it through the weekend. And, and so we're ready for our, our daughter to, to get here. Uh, we're, we're doing a couple weeks, but, but it's kind of we're, we're, we're feeling the, the any day uh, moment. So uh, let's say good morning to Luke. Great to have you here. Luke, how are you doing? Bryce, it is a great morning. You are cracking me up with the, the music. During the intro, you texted me or you, you chatted me and said, "This music, yikes! We getting down?" It's questionable music, <laughs> my friend. Questionable music. We were uh, we were throwing together the new intro, and uh, it was one of the audio clips from one of our TikToks and Instagram reels. So it's uh, it's that it's that new age groovy groovy music. So uh, all right, little there you little go. shocker. This there weekend, you, go. you threw me off. You, the whole show is I, I got off to a, an interesting start. I, right. I don't know. We're testing your ability. We're, we're hey, this thing's live, baby. Come on now. Anything let's, goes when it's live. Let Let's go. Absolutely. So, so I have watched so much Olympics, and this weekend was all Olympics. I'm almost to the point of I've I'm watching so much. I'm I'm crossing over crossing over the threshold of. I am feeling like I have to watch versus maybe I'm kind of tired of watching. I don't. I, I feel like I'm crossing that threshold because every day I sit down and it's well the Olympics are on. Yeah, I gotta watch it. So I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm to tr- watch it. What is that pull? So it's funny. So I was with my, all my buddies. We're all like 35 now, and and so a lot of the guys are like, I'm more into the Olympics than I ever have been, but they feel like, man, what am I, an old man now? And it's interesting, like, does that, do you become more interested in the Olympics as you, as you get older, I think is, is fascinating. I've kept up with it. What I love, so I I always talk about on the show with YouTube TV, the ability to watch things later and when I, when I want, how I want. And so I've been watching all the swimming. Like I just watch the actual race. I just click, oh, it's a four minute race. Boom. I've got it. And so I I went through all the, the, the big races yesterday and, and it was fantastic. So I, I, I watched a little handball. I wanted, I wanted little Maddie to see some badminton, some table tennis, handball. And, of course, water polo is the best. Uh, I've, I've talked about that. Oh, so I, I'm getting, I've, I've been tasting it all. I'm, I'm liking it. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah, so I, I, I think my struggle here is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal your word shenanigans here. That, that certainly is, 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 your, is owned by you. But – Dealing with the shenanigans of at night, I throw on NBC primetime. Mm. I already know what's happened for some of these events, and I kind of have to watch through things I already know what happened, or I've already seen clips. 
like like you're saying, I've already seen the four minute clip because it happened 13 hours ago, <laughs> and then I'm having to watch it again. But what I'm really enjoying is just going to NBCOlympics.com and just picking on specific live events and then just going all in on that instead of just the primetime coverage where they kind of jump around like they're playing hopscotch all night with things I already yep. know what's happened. But dialing into the live events, I, for the golf, I stayed up till 2 in the morning watching the gold medal match. Now, I was exhausted the next day. I wow. I was debating. It was a mental civil war going on of – do I stay up two more hours to watch the seven-man bronze medal playoff? I ultimately <laughs> decided on sleep, but I Good did stay up late for the gold medal. Well, for me, the the sports that I watch all the time, it, it's hard for me to get into during the Olympics. So, I mean, I'm, the basketball, you know, of course, I love basketball. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that, but I'm not going to stay up to watch it live. And, and same with golf. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm glad USA won. That was cool, but... I, I, to me, I, I didn't get into it. I, I just can't. I can't do it. So now with yeah. the swimming, like I said, I love watching the specific events and especially the ones that, that are – I like the shorter events a little bit. Even though for me, I was a distance freestyler when I swam. But to watch the – I used to do the 500 free, which mm. was 20 laps for us. It's 10 for Olympians because they – Shorter, event, shorter events are better though. But it's fun. It's more intense. They're going as yeah. fast as they can. Which, well, let, me, let me start here because here on the show we do what we're convinced of. And, and so if you're joining us, what are you convinced of from the weekend? Any sport, any take that you have, what are you convinced of? And so since we're talking Olympics, let, let me start there. Uh, I, I'm convinced that what Cable, uh, Caleb Dressel did to do the 50 free without taking a breath is fantastic. <laughs> it's awesome. I can go, I can go 25 meters uh, without – taking a breath but to go 50 man the training for that it's incredible and and so for him to get the olympic record in that event it was so exciting and 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 was thrilled to see that that he was able to do that without taking a breath but the other thing that i noticed i don't think it was that event i was watching another event of his he it seems like he doesn't even he's not even out of breath after the event unbelievable his, his training is unbelievable he he is at the top of his swim game um, and almost doing it with ease is just remarkable. And, and then let me say this, too. I was watching the 4x100-meter med- medley relay, and uh, Caleb, I guess, did the uh, butterfly in that one. Um, it, it, I, I teared up a little bit. I don't, know, I don't know what it is about relay events, but I'm convinced it is the greatest event in swimming. During summer swimming growing up, it was always the, well, it was always the free relay that, that ended the night. So the 15, 18-year-olds yeah. ended the night, and when I was in that age bracket, swimming the free, for sometimes with a meet on the line, and you're swimming with your buddies, and you've got maybe the second leg, the third leg, so they're relying on you. Or if you go fourth, and you got to bring it home, and you got to put together a comeback, it is the greatest feeling. And so to, to even watch a, a, a medley relay. Yeah, I, I get. I just. I. It's. It. It takes me back. It's so enjoyable because it's an individual sport. So when you see individual sports, then in a group setting, whew, it's awesome. I love it. So there you go. It's fascinating to see. There. There are certain things. There are a few things that are able to bypass and have success in different age brackets. Yes, and make its way through the generations. The generic relay race is one of those things. <laughs> Every eight-year-old kid loves relay races. Yes. At recess, at sixth grade field day, all about the relay race. Oh, Being the anchor, you got to catch up. The adrenaline, the adrenaline of watching a relay race. And now grown men, I don't know if I want to let myself into grown man status. No, but you're not. <laughs> grown men like you and then almost grown men in the rookie <laughs> season are – enamored with the relay race it's they're unbelievable even in track too the yes. track the four by one the four by four unbelievable i'm all i'm all in on this with you and it's it's always too like watching the guys when they're jumping off the blocks and the timing of touching the wall and going the oh, science yeah. of that and the timing of that it's just it's unbelievable and then with the uh the baton of course the, the, yes. the handoff is always is always and crucial. caleb dressel is also just an a beast like when he won his first gold and he's tearing up on the podium, they're uh, they're showing his family watching from home. Seems seems like an awesome guy. So that, so, that, that was cool. So I, I don't have any tattoos. I'm not a tattoo guy. 
Uh, Jody, my wife, has like a little tattoo. She just had to get one little one. So, all right, she's got it. She's a tattoo person now. But I'm not a tattoo guy. My dad always had a strict rule growing up. Nothing permanent. You could be a knucklehead. Whatever, nothing permanent. <laughs> you know, don't. Yeah, whatever. I had the magnetic earrings at one point. But oh, nothing like, permanent. Like you actually wore those? Like I wore I, them. I was probably like 13, maybe, with the magnetic earrings. And that I was your style, that, though. Could, it wasn't a joke. It was. It was a joke. I mean, oh, okay. It, I wasn't. No, I wasn't like rocking them to school. It was like in the summer. <laughs> well, just, I had. I had to clarify. It. You go to the mall and you, you get them from uh, Claire's or whatever. The, Claire's. <laughs> Talk about a store that's been around for a long time. Because the Claire's will always be there. They want to be funny getting magnetic earrings, <laughs> but, uh, but I've never been a tattoo guy, but like, I love hard rock music and they all have sleeves and all that. But to see Caleb Dressel with the, the shoulder tattoo, it just yeah. adds another element. The it's sleeve like, like, wrapped around the shoulder. Cause you know, growing up as a swimmer, we weren't necessarily the tough guys. We're the one, Oh, you wear a speedo. Yeah. I wear a speedo. Get out of here with that. <laughs> But but we're we're man enough to wear the speedo, but we never got the credibility that the you know the jocks, the football players got and all that. But to me, Caleb with the tattoo on the shoulder, it's like he's bringing a level of credibility and toughness to the pool, and I respect that and I love that. So good for Caleb. It's hilarious. I want to. I want. We didn't get the here. credibility. The shaved legs, the speedo. I never my legs, by the way. I want. Oh, what I happened with the? Aer- you got to have the aerodynamics. No. What are we doing here? You're, you're fast. fast. You're fast enough. If that's the difference between me winning and losing, I'd rather win by not shaving. I'm a winner without <laughs> shaving. Thank you very much. You got a little, oh my little hair, hair on the face from the weekend as well. <laughs> no, not, not real eager to, to, to go. Oh, man. Well, so, my I'm convinced is a completely different topic. And I, I teased this before the show for our, our super Knicks fan, Henry, here. And as we're talking about, as we get into talking about free agency in the NBA draft, I was thinking, when is the I'm, – I'm starting to be convinced that the New York Knicks are not the free agent hotspot destination that we think they are. Mm. Because I, I've, even, I've even said this. Every, for every offseason, when the Mavs are the biggest talkers in the world and never follow through, oh, yeah, we're going to find – we're going to get this big fish. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to throw some money at this guy. No, he's not. We all talk about, well, yeah, we're not. To be sign a free agent, you got to be the New Yorks, the LAs, and the Miamis of the world. I'm really starting to think that we need to subtract New York from that sentence. Because right now it seems like players want to go to Miami or they want to go to the West Coast. When is the last time the Knicks signed a big free agent outside of Julius? I don't know if Julius Randle counts as a big free agent because he was – Certainly well below – they they definitely wanted Kyrie and KD that offseason, and they got Julius Randle, who ended up being awesome. I love Julius Randle. But when's the last time New York really signed a big fish? They failed in 2010 with the Miami, Chris Bosh, D-Wade. I'm just struggling to lump them into the L.A.s and Miamis of the world in, in free agent signings. So Isaiah Thomas used to run that team, and at one point he signed – I think it was Stephon Marbury and Penny Hardaway – be their backcourt and his line was it's so crazy that it just might work oh. <laughs> that, that, that cannot the, be a line that's that's what the knicks have have been so we'll uh we'll let henry defend himself uh in a little bit so stick around to, to hear hear from henry um but but let's jump in we, we love starting things off with uh with unpack this and, and so if you're just joining us right now this this is unpacking it we talk sports faith and and life here on the show and and love having you a part of this, whether you, you listen live, whether you listen to uh, the podcast. And, and before we jump in, uh, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. And, and so last week was the NBA draft. And, and so I want to talk about uh, that today as we, we dive into this uh, unpack this segment where we take a sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and you can subscribe to the devotional, uh, receive it in your email inbox uh, by going to unpackingit.com. And I want to talk about how during the draft, the commissioner, Adam Silver, walks out and calls a player's name. And here this player, you know, they've been dreaming of this moment. They've worked hard in, in high school and 
probably before that, this lifelong dream of becoming an NBA player. They go to college oftentimes, some of them G League, some of them foreign players, and they're waiting to hear their name called during the NBA draft. And I've actually had my name called during the NBA draft. Did you know that, Luke? <laughs> I am I am hesitant to to buy all into this take. Yeah, so uh, Bryce what Johnson happened? was drafted by the oh, Clippers a few years Bryce ago. Bryce with an I. Bryce with an I. Bryce with an I. So I did hear my name called. But but these guys <laughs> they, they, they get their they get their their name called and the the reality is though they become uh an NBA player as soon as their their name is called. Like they they're in. They're they're a part of the NBA family as a an, a draftee. But that's not where the journey ends. Th- mm. This is this is just the beginning for these players and it is now up to them to actually play like an NBA player and, and to, to demonstrate that they are an NBA player. So they no longer can, you know, uh, play like a college guy or, or from high school or whatever. It is time to, to live up to the standard that the NBA has that, that, that what's required to, to be an NBA player, to represent the, the franchise that, that they've been called to and, and and that they've been chosen to be on. And and so now that's the journey that begins for all these these NBA players. And and for me, there's this great parallel to our own lives. And and when we when we have been called as as followers of Jesus and when we recognize that that God is who he says he is and that he invites us to know him, he invites us to to be a part of his family, and, and he calls us out of darkness into light. He calls us into his eternal family and, and, and claims us as, as his own. We now receive his grace, his forgiveness, salvation, eternal life, but we live that out as called. Like the, the, just like the NBA guys, they were called to be NBA players by the commissioner, and they get that phone call from, from the GM and so for us, we're, we're called, we're called uh, as, as followers of Jesus and, and, and children of God to now live out that calling and to live as children of God and, and to be, you know, we, we've been called to be set apart. And so these NBA players, they've been called to be NBA players and set apart, not just an average you know, basketball player anymore. These are NBA players now. And, and so once they've been drafted, you can't take that away from them. They, they will always be in the NBA family as a draftee. And for us, it's, you know, we, are, we are in God's family, so it's not earned. We, we didn't earn that. It's, it's, it's by grace alone because of what Jesus did on the cross. But what it says in 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And so we, uh, we, we then look at Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, where, where Paul writes, uh, basically appealing to us to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and, 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 and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. And, and so you know, when, when God chose us and called us to be on his team, we had no experience as a disciple, but thankfully his grace is abundant and he empowers us and equips us through the Holy Spirit to become the person he calls us to be. So he has called us into the, the life of faith, into his family. And so now we live that out as, as followers of Jesus. And, and so we must willingly understand what it means to be his disciple, accept the new holy life we're stepping into, one that is worthy of the call. And so again, these NBA players, they don't stop at, at just being, being invited into uh, that team and okay, I'm great. I've arrived. My journey's over. I'm in. I'm, I'm an NBA player. Well, no. Now they go out and play like an NBA player, and and so we live out uh, in response, in humility, in gratitude to what God has done for us 
and what he's called us into, a, a life that is set apart. And, and so the question for us, do we represent that? Do we demonstrate that? And, and are we living out that, that calling as a, a true disciple uh, that, that's living um, according to, to, to the ways of the Lord? And so you can unpack that. Luke, jump on in, and, and what would you like to add today? Yeah, you uh, <clears throat> wrote a recent devotional about this, um, which was super encouraging. And a, a, an important point that you made in it was also realizing the fact that when you become a Christian, you have no you have no experience being a disciple. Just right. like these NBA players, they get drafted, no experience being an NBA player. There's so much pressure, especially these young 18, 19-year-olds, they get drafted. Oh, well, they need to be a 20-point-a-game a guy. Mm. No, they have no experience. They're, go they're going to play in a league where everyone can play basketball. And when we become a Christian, we don't have experience being a disciple. Mm. So we have to receive and welcome God's grace to empower us. Right. That's the whole point of being sanctified and growing in our faith. Yes, we want, when we, when we begin following Jesus, we are entering into a lifetime of becoming more like him mm. and being more sanctified by the Spirit, becoming more holy. But we also have to receive the grace that, one, we're always going to fail— this side of heaven. We're never going to be perfect, which is why Christ giving us his righteousness through faith is even more incredible. But also, like, there's this tension of we don't have to be perfect, we want to be more holy, and then we have to receive the grace when we fail because we realize, one, when you become, you're, we're always going to fall short, and when you become a follower, you're inexperienced in following Christ. There is some growing pains there, it takes time to walk away from old habits, old sins. Even now, even for, for quote-unquote, seasoned veterans of the Christian faith, there's always going to be some element of setbacks. There's, there's never a point this side of heaven where we reach a point of we stop sinning. We're yeah. always going to sin. So we have to—I I, I was really encouraged by, in your devotional writing, that we have to receive God's grace, especially when we begin following Jesus, because— we are. Le I mean, we are. Le we're doing a 180. We're leaving a lifetime of not following Christ, and then he, like you said, he calls us in an instant. We're in God's family. It takes time to slowly start to live a life of following Christ. And and like these college kids that just you know finished their their time in college. I was going to say graduated. Not many of them graduated. Most of them are <laughs> one and done, two and done. Um, but they no longer can can keep those same habits in, in college like some of those things that they got away with in college even yeah. just because they were more athletic on the college game like yeah. they have to let go of some of that so they're leaving their their former teams behind their their former way of playing they are now in the nba and and have to to play like an nba player and and so i, I wrote this in the devotional although chosen with no nba experience and and before showing their truly nba players GMs and coaches have a plan to empower and equip them to become mm -hmm. the players they're called to be on draft night. And, exactly. and so they see what they can be, the potential. And so God calls us to, to, to follow him. But, and he knows that, that we must depend on him to grow and develop. And, and like you're talking about, yeah. that, that spiritual maturity. And, and it does take time. And so we have to give each other patience and grace. But, but we always want to continue down the path of, of growth and, and recognizing, mm -hmm. hey, yeah, yeah, for these college kids that or these NBA players, that, that former life, that's 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 over. We understand you're still having to, to let go of some of that, but that is that is the past. Now you're an NBA player. Here's here's what is is expected and, and understood and and what you're capable of because we're we're yeah. surrounding you with the coaches that are necessary and and all the resources necessary to develop as an NBA player. And God's done the same for us. He's provided us with, with people that, that are veterans that can help us along in certain areas. Yeah. And, and ultimately, he's given us the Holy Spirit that, that does uh, empower us when we yield to that spirit each day. I, I just love this analogy. Like a GM drafts a thing of all these project players. Now you, right. there's so many project I'm players. <clears throat> and these players, like you said, they've lived their whole lives dominating by athleticism and just being bigger, faster, stronger. And these NBA teams see, okay, 
we could really mold this guy into a good league player. So they draft you. They draft you, and you say, hey, here's the new way of life. Here's what's expected, and here's the tools to get there. The same thing. You begin following Jesus. You enter into a family of believers, into the local church. Hey, here is how we followed Christ. And then, golly, I'm clearing my throat left and right this morning. Uh, And then we have God's Word. That's right. We have God's Word that also... Hey, here is the stand. Here is what it means to follow Christ. Here is who Christ is. Here's what to believe. Here's tools. We have tools, and then the Holy Spirit as well also empowers us. So it's the same thing. God calls us to holiness, mm. and then He gives us the tools to become more holy. That's right. Amen. Let, let's end it right there. You can unpack that. You can uh, read that devotional on unpackingit.com. That was the one I wrote for for Friday following the NBA draft. Uh, We'll have a new one that comes out this afternoon, uh, so you can subscribe uh, for free on unpackingit.com. While I'm I'm promoting, before we jump into some other topics, we've got to talk NFL, we've got NBA free agency tonight, so much going on. Uh, I did want to encourage you to check out Fantasy Football Fellowship. Uh, And so we've written the the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook uh, that you can order on on Amazon or or go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com. It's designed to, to use within your fantasy league Within your church, you can start fantasy leagues at your church. Uh, we've got churches doing this in different parts of the country, and so really excited about it. Uh, you can also join one of our four leagues that we're doing here at Unpacking It. So if you're a listener and, and you love fantasy football, come play with us. Uh, you can come and, and beat Luke and, and try to beat me. Uh, I did not win <laughs> last year's uh, league, actually. So uh, Scott Scott was able to do that. But uh, we're going to have some fun this year and would love for you to join. So uh, you can check that out, fantasyfootballfellowship.com, and we'd love for you to participate in, in one way or another. All right, let's let's uh, let's do a little NFL, then we'll go back to the NBA, and, and let us know what you're convinced of today, any any takes that, that you have. Um, so I'm, I'm in on the NFL now that I've, I've had my first fantasy draft of the year, and going into this season, one of my most excited aspects to the season was Carson Wentz getting another chance at kind of, you know, just kind of redeeming his, his sports career with an opportunity to reunite with Frank Reich and, in Indy, and he's already injured. We're waiting to hear, if, if you listen to this podcast later, the news may already break as far as what he's going to decide to do with surgery or how long he's going to be out, but I'm just so bummed by this. Even if all he misses is yeah. kind of training camp, I'm bummed by that because I had really high hopes for the Colts, high hopes for him. Uh, I still think this Colts team is really talented either way. I'm, I'm so intrigued by even the thought or possibility of Nick Foles being traded to the Colts. Can just you that, imagine? I mean, it's just, just even the thought of it is, is just outrageous. Um, <laughs> I don't think it'll happen, but, but it's like, it actually makes the most sense when you look across the league, the bears don't need Foles at all. They've got yeah. Dalton and field. So they're all set. Um, and I don't know how many other quarterbacks are really available or, that you, you'd want to trade for. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I don't think Washington would get rid of them, rid of him unless they like Taylor Heineke. So I, I don't and know. Foles has shown that he can win with a really talented roster. Yeah. Because you're right. The Colts... This went is out for the year. Yeah. But, but, but the Colts overall are one of those rosters where, as a quarterback, man, I'd love to play for that roster. I know. I mean, talk about some weapons. You got a, you got a good defense, good coach. Oh, yeah. I mean... It's just it's disappointing with Carson Wentz. You, you of course root for him. You, we've seen how high his ceiling can be. Yeah. But then with a guy who's injury prone, the thing that happens is they just get injured, and that stinks. And injuries just make that floor so low. But with a guy who's shown that he can be so good, MVP caliber player, and especially a good guy as well, you root for him to just stay healthy. We really want to see sustained excellence, especially in such an awesome situation in Indy. I know. Goodness. And then on the flip side, the guy that we're trying to figure out, wait, can we root for him or not, which is Aaron Rodgers. And and so last last week, it was, of course, the big story. So we're a little late to the party on on this topic. But, um, of course, we've been following it all offseason, wondering what was going to happen to him. But my big question is from a fan's perspective, because here at Unpacking It, we're all about the fans. Packers fans, this is such a unique situation. Like I was reading an article on ESPN. They've got one. Just talking about you know local establishments and local businesses and all that. Like, how, they're 
they're turned off by the way everything went down with Aaron Rodgers. And they also recognize, hey, this guy's as good as it gets in the NFL. MVP gives us the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Come back and win for us. But we're not so sure that we're all in proud to wear our jersey anymore. But then Mm. during the press conference last week, I kind of softened on him a little bit. I was like, all right, I appreciate the honesty. It wasn't all kind of bizarre, out there, beautiful mystery type thing. Yeah. It was actually like some you know, hard honesty, truth, telling it like it is type of thing, which I appreciated. And and I still love watching Aaron Rodgers as much as any quarterback in the league. And I so. think that, yeah, that's that's one of the objective truths of the NFL is you can't be an NFL fan and not love watching Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest arm talents passers the league has ever seen, even even as he has just shattered the hearts of me and other Cowboys fans, it's just still, like, that's just amazing football to watch. And, and I've said this before, I, if you're so loyal to your team, you can't appreciate really good talent, even from your rival, mm. I feel like you miss out on great the take. beauty of sports. Because if I, as a Cowboys fan, again, multiple playoffs, we've come into the Packers and just lost in heartbreaking, gut-wrenching fashion. And I leave that game thinking, gosh, I hate the Packers. Gosh, I hate Aaron Rodgers. Then I have to come to, <laughs> come to my senses and be like, okay, wow. Take my Cowboys hat off for a second. That was so impressive to watch from Aaron Rodgers. And that makes sports even more fun because watching as a fan – what we want in sports is greatness. We want to watch things that we can't do. That's mm. are, that are that's hard to comprehend. And Aaron Rodgers has given us numerous moments of that. No question. And and speaking of uh, that that take of of appreciating rivals, the, the name that popped into my mind as a Panthers fan, uh, Michael Vick and Drew Brees, two yeah. guys that were just hard for me to root for. Uh, but they were they were two of the best. And yeah. now for Michael Vick, of course, his story went another direction. But when when he was in his heyday, um, I mean, it was electric. But oh but he was gosh, he yes. was dominating the Panthers. We could never stop him. So it was always it was always hard to hard to watch. And then with yeah, same thing with kind of Drew Brees over the years too. So uh, yeah. that's a good that's a good take. I like I like that one. So we we don't always appreciate it. But I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you because oh, if your hard. fandom is so deep, it's hard to do. That, that's a good point, though, about Packers fans. I don't know any Packers fans that I'm like buddies with that I talk to. But w- what's the temperature? Because I'm trying to think if if Dak, I don't, probably Dak's not a great comparison. If Romo, if Romo tried to pull off what he did, a longtime Cowboys quarterback, leader of the team, did what he did, would I second guess throwing on the number nine to a game? Uh, maybe I'm just yeah. I think I'll go with Witten, Witten jersey all season. I, I don't know. Maybe it'd be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, we experienced this in in Carolina with with Cam Newton and just sort of his like what happened in the Super Bowl where he didn't dive on that football. Uh, his unfortunate yeah. kind of press conference was frustrated, uh, somewhat understandable, but there was some you know, heat from that. And then some of his outfits starting to be a little outrageous toward the end of his time in Carolina. So. People were, were starting to get a little tired of him, even though he's the best quarterback that's ever played in Carolina. And I do think that many Panthers fans are even still rooting for him in New England because there was an appreciation for what he did for Carolina. And, you know, MVP, Super Bowl, it was, it was an awesome experience. But, but there was just – there were a few things that rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah. Yet you still have that, you know, that loyalty to the Panthers and, and what we've seen from him. So The psychology um, of – of the sports fan is so interesting and I I love discussing it because I mean, we can have a very short memory if a player wins for us. Oh yeah. Like like, we're very quick to forgive no matter what a player does. Oh, they want to, they want to win for our team. Go right ahead. I'll cheer for you all day. But if they go to a rival, like all the LeBron Cleveland fans, before he returned to Cleveland, burning jerseys, (laughs) which was, outrageous how could you burn a cleveland lebron jersey i mean you don't even have to wear it don't maybe choose not to wear the jersey but to get rid of an iconic jersey what are we doing here come on i'm thinking of all the jerseys that i have or that i wish that i had oh my gosh if i got my hands on a, a vintage lebron cleveland jersey 
I'm not even that much of I, I'm not a Cleveland fan, but I'm hanging that up in the closet. I'm not burning it. So it's just so interesting about sports fans. It's very quick to forgive if they win for us, but there's only there's only a few things that they could do for us to hate them. And it, it seems like if they leave for a rival, but that, that's number know. one. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's number one. So yeah, I think I think Packers fans are trying to convince themselves. All right, I'm still I'm still in on Aaron Rodgers. One one last season, and anything can happen. That's the the great part about sports is things change so fast and. Next off season, forget about it. Like even just think about think about Chris Paul going into this season with Phoenix. Who would have thought that Phoenix would go to the finals and that Phoenix would like we can't lose Chris Paul. Like it was like Chris Paul's career is over. Forget about it. So with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers this season, I think if they if they start clicking, rolling, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes his career in Green Bay. Oh, definitely. And the idea that that, that was the whole thing for me. This offseason will be completely forgotten if they have a, right. a really good season. If they, they win the they, Super Bowl this year, they will never hear of this offseason ever again. No, from exactly. A Packers fan. All right. So let me ask this question and we'll throw it out to the, the fans as well. So as, as training camp begins, who is your Super Bowl favorite? Who, who, who are you buying into? And outside of Tampa, uh, Tampa and Kansas City. So we all kind of agree they're the teams to beat. They're probably the most likely to get back as of today. Outside of those two, who are you all in on? And you know who I am on in on? The LA Rams. I'm buying Stafford in LA. I was watching some NFL Network coverage yesterday. I think they've got it. I think with Sean McVay, with Stafford, with Aaron Donald, even though they lost Cam Akers, which was a huge blow, I think the passing game will carry them. And they may, they may even lose like a couple games early. It might take a little while to get things going, just like it happened last year in Tampa Bay. Once you know Bruce Arians and Tom Brady got on the same page, they never looked back. I see something similar happening in, in L.A. with the Rams. So that, that's the team at this point I'm, I'm buying. What about for you? So the team oh, – I'll say this again. The team three years from now I'm buying is the Chargers. Love – Love where they're going. The team now, I'm looking at C, there's the CBS odds to win. I, I cannot believe that Tennessee is middle of the road. Tennessee's like oh. Tennessee's middle of the pack on Super Bowl odds plus three thousand. That seems egregious. Like mm. they they've got to be. Like I mean, I, it feels like we'll probably get another Ravens versus Titans playoff game, which would be. <laughs> Awesome. I mean, not complaining against that, but no. if they meet the winner of that game to the Super Bowl, I don't know. Yeah, I, I really, I really like the Titans. If Tannehill, if Tannehill stays healthy, that dude's just a gamer. I, 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 he's not the most talented quarterback, but he's such a gamer and he's so tough. He's one of those guys that it may not look pretty, but the dude can find a way to win a ball game. So he, he is my fantasy football quarterback. I actually reached to get him. I'm that sold on Tannehill. I yeah. think he's great. So, um, yeah, I'm with you on the Titans. And, and yeah, I, I, I think the Bills are a tad overrated. I think they'll be the team that comes in a, a little overrated and underachieved. I'm, I'm not sold on Josh Allen. No, me I neither. I got to see it. I got to see him do it another year. I feel like he hit right. a ceiling. I don't want to be pessimistic. Like, hey, if he wants to do amazing, all for it. I'm not sold that he can get that much better. I don't know. I mean, he had some significant improvement, but I'm just he was little, awesome. Oh, he was little, oh, no, yeah. I mean, very good. I just I'm not I'm not convinced that his ceiling is that much higher. Yeah. I don't know. That that that's fair. I think so. We got to I think we, it's always important to see it again. We saw Lamar Jackson had an awesome MVP season, took a little bit of a step back. So Josh Allen, a similar situation, can he take a step forward, keep it going? Yeah. Um so those are just a few thoughts on, on the NFL. We'll be talking a ton of NFL as the, the season gets going and, and pre, uh, preseason, which three games this year, which is interesting. I, I think people forget we didn't have preseason last year. I'm not sure oh. anybody missed it, but uh, well, no one missed it. Gosh, well, it's so it's so disappointing. You tune in, you get three possessions of your favorite guy. And then, I mean, if, if you have some, especially if you have a personal connection to a player that's fighting for a roster spot, that's cool. 
And if you're just an absolute NFL junkie that just wants to look at routes being run, okay, what's their defensive scheme they're going with? And but you want to watch third stringers, go for it. Not me. So I like I'm not an anti preseason guy. I, I'm I'm I am they have value. They have for value what it is. And do I sit there and watch them all? No, but I just I realized today that the the Hall of Fame game is this Thursday. And I was like, what? Wow. Thurs- Thursday night. I now have a game to watch. I'm right. excited. Start warming that, re- that warming that recliner up. Get the man better, cave ready. You better believe it. Turn on the air conditioner. Let's go. <laughs> Get the fan blowing. I'll be down in the man cave. Watch has has, has the man cave been, been vacant since football season? Has it been a sauna? AC's off just it's, waiting till NFL starts again? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Actually, I, I, my buddy from fantasy stayed there this, this weekend, so that was good. Um, but uh, no, we've had, we've had the Olympics on. Yeah. Maddie and I were watching the Olympics down there yesterday, so that was nice. Um, we're watching some movies this summer, so yeah, we, we're, we're keeping the man cave fresh. But yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for the NFL to return. Let's go. So the other thing that, that I think is fascinating, you know, this time of year, normally it's all right. We're thinking training camp, and we're we're inching our way into the season. Now we throw in the NBA draft was last week. The yeah. Charlotte Hornets had as good of a draft as anybody, which I was I'm very about. impressed. Very impressed. And now NBA free agency, which normally is over 4th of July. We yes. get it at the end of now. It's I guess it's start of August, which, wow, that, that snuck up on me. Um, and so now we get free agency. The big trade, Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. As much of a Hornets fan as I am, I'm also a Lakers fan. Uh, you can see the Kobe Bryant jersey in my in my uh, studio here. But but I I am very intrigued by this trade. I have gone back and forth on my thoughts about Russell Westbrook throughout his career because I appreciate how hard he plays. I'm a fan of the triple-double. I love the triple-double. Um, I, I wonder why Westbrook has been such a tough teammate over the years or, or why there hasn't maybe been more success. But I think part of that has been the right fit. Um, and then I think it's hard to play with Kevin Durant. And so that, like, that was his best chance at winning, and they did win. They won, they won a, a good bit. I think those two together was the, the chemistry just wasn't there ultimately. Um, yeah, and so I, I I think him getting a chance to play with Anthony Davis and LeBron, I do think that they can complement each other. Now they have to sacrifice their game a little bit, but we've seen this. We saw LeBron and D Wade sacrifice a little bit to make it work, and, and I find that th- this could be a similar situation, especially for Westbrook, where he has to understand, hey. You've hit the MVP, whatever, that's great. The stats, win a championship. And you'll yeah. be cemented as a, a, an elite all-timer. I really believe that. And so yield to LeBron James. He made it work with Kyrie Irving, which I, to me would be the hardest of any player to make it work. <laughs> I think he can do it with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And, and the biggest you know, overriding storyline, which is absolutely true, it allows LeBron to coast during the regular season where he doesn't have to get up every single game and carry the offense and the defense. Westbrook can carry the offense on certain games. Anthony Davis can still carry the defense, which he needs to do, and he needs to stay healthy. But Westbrook rarely is injured. He plays hard every single possession. Not every night, every single possession. LeBron will love that. The Lakers will love that. And and so I think they have the the possibility of winning, winning the ship with Westbrook. I really do. I agree with you 100 million percent. Wow. All right. So with with uh, the caveat. So I agree. Adding a player like Westbrook, ginormous for an aging LeBron and an injury-riddled Anthony Davis, because Westbrook actually is a robot. The dude is a machine. His energy level, his sustained energy level throughout a game is actually unbelievable. So LeBron and AD get to add a player like that, a dude – that's going to lead transition. He's going to clean up the glass. He's going to fill the stat sheet. Reg- yeah, I agree with you completely. LeBron and AD get to have a, in theory, a smoother, they get to expend less energy throughout the regular season because you can defer to a workhorse like Russell Westbrook. The caveat is they are in desperation of signing shooters. Yeah. The, to, yeah you have to fill up the roster with just automatic perimeter shooters. Because Kuzma could hit shots. Caldwell Pope was a was a key shooter for the Lakers. <clears throat> um, 
I'm not worried about losing Montrez. I mean, you, you probably need to – you definitely need – I mean, when the Lakers lost Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, that was a big loss because then Anthony Davis is having to bang around more in the post. But Lakers, fill out the roster with shooters, get one rim-running big. I, I like the roster. Now, we do need to bring up this from a fan's perspective. <clears throat> the NBA is completely – Outside of if you're into European soccer, but in regards to American-based sports, the NBA is completely alone that it can, it can be totally successful as a transactional league. <laughs> and we've t- you, and you, you brought this point up two summers ago. You were like, dude, the NBA is a transactional league. I'm like, you know what? That's completely right because – Think of how many player. Think of how many fans tune in for more than forty NBA games. Probably not that many, but think of how many fans are up to date on all of the all the NBA draft NBA draft stuff, the trades, the free agent signings, and, and sal- actual salaries. And like we salaries. don't really know how much NFL players make because it's like bonuses and exactly. Yeah, it's the NBA is so fun to watch. The, all of the off-the-court contract, trades, all of that stuff, It's it, that alone is fun to watch. Outside of watching any basketball player movement, you don't get that in the NFL. It, not even close you don't get it in the NFL. The NBA is so entertaining in player movement. So when you brought that up two years ago, we need to bring that up now every time we enter free agency for NBA because it's it's basically a league of its own. It that is pe- that people follow exclusive of watching games sometimes. Yeah, like I love I love listening to the conversations about free agency. Like I was oh, watching yeah. NBA TV this morning. Like I just I love it. And I can't Incredible. like count down for nine o'clock tonight. I love it. I'm, and the I'm trade deadline in. every season talking about oh, best. who's going to get bought out. What trades are is a is a championship contender going to make the draft night trades? It's unbelievable. And I'm fine with like. Deals not happening. I love the speculation. Like oh, I'm in incredible. on the speculation. Definitely. So, even even if they fall through, just the thought of it, the idea of it. How do they fit? So I'm getting lunch with my my NBA friend today. So one of my Ooh. buddies who loves the NBA. It's we're gonna be a, a lunch of just speculation. Oh, Thirty minutes of speculation. That's it. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're we're in a a dynasty NBA fantasy league together. That's how Ooh. diehard we are. So it'll be fun. Um. All right. Let's let's bring on Henry and do tap drill. Tap around some of the the stories in and out of sports and and some of the goofy, fun, interesting, unique stories. Let's go to Henry. Hello, Henry. Good morning. How are you, man? What's going on, boys? How are we doing today? Doing awesome, man. First off, your Knicks, are they they truly a free agent (laughs) destination? Make your case. All right, so you see, now me and Luke are about to go hard in the paint right now. So I'm going to take the pass from Bryce, and me and Luke are about to, about to go head up right now. <laughs> now, in answer to your, to your take, uh, Mr. Heaton, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to refer to Stephen A. Smith, who just said on uh, Sirius XM NBA radio at a particular uh, free agent or a pending free agent named Damian Lillard, who has gone on the record, according to Stephen A. Smith, and said, I'm not really looking, I'm not a keen on uh, being traded, but if I'm going to be traded, I would want to be traded to Madison Square Garden. Let's go. How about that? I'm in. I'm in on that. So, hey, I I want the Knicks to be good, to be fair. When the Garden is hopping, now, I haven't seen it that much in my lifetime. And that's not a dig because I haven't seen a lot of Dallas sports franchises hopping consistently in my lifetime. But I want to see the Garden because it's iconic. Yeah. And that's why, why, that's why I'm shocked that the Knicks haven't been able to sign as many big fish as, in theory, they could because of the Garden. Now, if, if Lillard if, is traded to New York, amazing. And part of that is just because you have to have a good – you have to have a solid team. That's why the, the Nets – the the Nets are able to sign their all their big guys because they had a really good young team that these players could go in and just dominate with. Right, but the Knicks didn't have that. But 
if the Knicks want to be good and they become good, I am all for it. The Knicks in the playoffs this year, unbelievable. It's fun. Uh, they've got the pieces now. They've got the pieces. So I, I think uh, yeah. they'll, they'll draw they'll draw some talent for sure. So to a, to a player, the you've always heard the saying the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. If you actually saw any of the um the playoff games against the Atlanta Hawks, the place was rocking. Rocking. Who wouldn't oh want to be who wouldn't want to be in that spotlight? in the world's yes. most famous arena with game seven on the line with Damian Lillard having the ball in his hands with three seconds left on the clock. Damian Lillard doing Dame time in would, New York would be, would be a million times more entertaining in the garden than in Portland. You, you will not, you will not hear the end of me if that should happen. We're going to move on to football. And Bryce, you mentioned that you did your fantasy draft this weekend. And so I wanted to give you a little bit of a little bit of a statistics as far as mock drafts have been going on. And the top five, the top five players in mock drafts so far in order are Christian McCaffrey, your guy, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and Bryce, um, Luke's guy, Ezekiel Elliott. So oh. if you draft any of these guys in your first-round mock draft, or your first-round draft, not mock draft. Yeah, my first draft of the year. So I was seventh. I took Austin Eckler. Uh, but I, I am out on Zeke personally because he cost me dearly last year. He was my first-round pick last year. So once a guy burns me that bad, uh, because he still played. Like, it, like George Kittle got injured last year. I went back to the well. Uh, this season, but but when you're Zeke and you cost me last year, I'm I'm out on him, and I'm also I'm concerned about the Saints this year. It's just a transition year, so I, I don't know what's going on. So to take Alvin Kamara that that early may, would make me nervous uh, this season. So there's a little little fantasy fantasy insight, but check out our fantasy football fellowship podcast. Uh, it's a separate podcast in in Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. We go all in on fantasy. So nice nice little plug there. Bryce, I do want to ask you what was the what was the temperature of the room at the fantasy draft? Are you guys chirping each other? We we taking digs? Is it pretty polite? Does it get real heated? Oh my goodness, polite would not be a, a word used um, <laughs> during a fantasy draft. Definitely not. Um, I will say this: we you know we've been friends for twenty years now, and because you know we weren't together, only six or seven of us were together last year for last year's draft. So to have thirteen guys together. We all have young kids. We're, we're family men, all in. To get together with your buddies, everybody felt very thankful to be together. Like that was the that was the tone of the day. It was ah, we get a breather. We get a breather. No, you know, no, no responsibilities. Let's just hang, do a fantasy draft, catch up, and, and be together again. So uh, that was the that was the overall tone. In between, I can't believe you drafted that running back type of stuff. So. Now, here's a question that we have to ask, being that you had a live in-person mock draft. What was on the menu for the mock for the draft? Ooh. Great question. So the host of the day, we were at his house. You know, sadly, he had to kick his wife out and kick his daughter out. And we took over 13 guys took over their house, which wow. is a nightmare. Poor Liz. Uh, she's a saint <laughs> for allowing us to do that. But the host, he made steak for breakfast. Waffle maker, wow. eggs, the best sausage I've ever had. Oh. There, there was a, there was actual fruit though, and I was, I was walking by one time. I heard one of the guys go, "Ooh, I love this fruit spread." And I go, "Wait a second, where am I? Why did he leave?" He was, he was like, he was beside himself on the great fruit spread. The fruit spread. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I had you know I had some watermelon and some strawberries and pineapple, which was. But you're know, not you're not vocally saying the the phrase no. fruit spread. Quietly get your fruit and go sit down and get ready to draft. <laughs> you know, I was talking about the sausage and yeah, yeah the steak. Oh, man, the steak is killer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ooh, great fruit spread. All yeah, right. we're going to have to have a Bible study with that guy. <laughs> All oh, right, boys, oh we got time goodness. for one more tap here. Uh, let's go back to the Olympics. And I don't know if you saw, but the Olympic high jump 
had some very had a very interesting ending. Uh, we had Qatar's Mutas Essa Barsham and Ital- in Italy's Gianmarco Tambury. And so now they were tied at the same height at the end of the competition. And if you saw the highlight, they're both talking to the they're both talking to, I guess, the official, the judge and great work by the camera guy and whoever's doing the sound there. And so you could hear the two guys uh, talking to each other and say, hey, basically saying, hey, you want to you want gold medals? And the other guy's like, hey, let's be gold medal champions. And they both wound up being co-gold medalists for the high jump. Now, the guy from Qatar was playing it cool, was jumping, was was seen doing the fist pump, your favorite fist pump. But the Italian guy, he went super extra. He's on the floor. He's screaming. He's he's screaming. He's yelling that he just won the gold medal. Now, I don't know if you guys saw it, but if you did see it, did the Italian guy really do too much with the gold medal celebration? Okay, so I, I've got to get this off my chest here because I, I don't have a problem with them sharing gold. They were clearly two, the two best jumpers. They both missed their three attempts at at the height they both failed at. Clearly the best two jumpers. Impressive. They want to share gold? Great. I never want to be the stuck-up snobby guy that tells someone how you can or can't celebrate. Or I don't want to legislate behavior. But, I mean, this was borderline absurd. (laughs) He looked like he was was doing a stop-drop-and-roll, like, fire drill. Like, what are we doing? Like, give me the fist bump, be audible, but to roll around, to get up, to find another piece of property, to then roll around again? I don't know. The guy from Guitar ran to the stands, celebrating with Adam. It was weird. I've never seen a celebration like that in my life. All right. Let, let, me, let me step back here. We're, we're just accepting that two guys are going to share the gold medal? It, it's official. What, it's official. What, what are we talking about here? There is one gold medal. Who wins? Now, if it's the team, of course, everybody wins on a team. But this is, this is an individual sport. You don't share a gold medal. You don't each get one. Are you kidding me? These <laughs> fantasy rings right here were not shared with anyone. I won. And no, and whoever finished second, they finished second. Now, if you've, got to, if you've got to continue to do the high jump all afternoon until one of them loses, then you figure it out. Now, I didn't watch the event, but I am a strict no tie. There's no ties. I don't want to wear a tie. I don't want to experience a tie. <laughs> no ties. I'm out. I'm out on everything with ties. Okay? Ridiculous. Oh, God. Oh, and Luke, that Luke. right there is Bryce Johnson's mic drop on tap drill. I don't want to wear a tie. Whether you win the gold or it's nothing. That's it. One, one person wins the gold. Now, you know, yeah. So there you go. I'll, I'll, I don't, there's nothing else to say. I don't want to see ties in the NFL. I don't want to see ties in soccer. I, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Figure it out. Keep playing until someone wins. That's what you did when you played in the in the backyard, right? Nobody went home. Hey, we'll just tie. No, no, no. Yeah, you, you, you played. You played until there was a winner. You got to win by two, and then we'll go home. Hey, it's time for dinner. I, I got to win by two. It's, we keep tying. We keep tying. Well, someone eventually gets too tired, and you win. So that's what I would say. Sharing mm. gold. <laughs> and we're going to drop the mic on tap drill just like that. All right. Very cool. Well, thanks, Henry. Great job, Luke. Appreciate it. Um, I don't think we have time for me to get into my uh, my valet take, but we'll we'll save that for another time. Um, I'll give that but, a uh, to have a valet take means that you are routinely getting valet service. No, which is this, a whole... <laughs> this was a rare valet experience and – um, um Bryce Johnson from Unpacking It is here for a six o'clock. <laughs> no, I did not use the valet. I did not use the valet. Okay. I passed on the valet. A little valet service at your local steak place. Yes. A little well, Tuesday we'll night date night. We'll we'll save that for uh for earlier in a, in a in a podcast in uh in an upcoming week. How about that? But uh but great job. Thanks for everybody listening. Thanks for everybody leaving comments on on Facebook and, and YouTube and Twitter, wherever you're, you're listening, and, and thanks to all of you that, that listen to the podcast later. Always love hearing from you. Uh, if you want to email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Today's Unpack This Topic, uh, we talked about NBA players living up to, to being called uh, by Adam Silver as an, as an NBA player, and, and we're called by God to, to, to live for him, 
to, uh, to experience his goodness, his grace, and, and to live a, a life that's set apart, a, a holy life as we seek after him. And thankfully, the Holy Spirit empowers us and allows us to do that. And so let, let, let's yield to him and, and live our lives for Jesus today as we uh, step out and, and, and become uh, ambassadors for Jesus. Light, Let our light shine uh, for others to see that there is hope, there is an answer, uh, and, and it's Jesus. And so uh, thank you uh, for being a part of Unpacking It. Thanks for all of our supporters and for our listeners. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week. I'll be here Monday if we don't have a baby. If we do have a baby, I will be with my family. We'll talk soon either way. Thanks so much. Have a great one. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.